The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Savannah Hugh Moeller, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. All right, here we go. Three mm-hmm. out of four ain't bad today. <laughs> Bill Jones, DNPs today with an illness It seems to be going around this building of late but we are here everson walls i feel great savannah humor mm-hmm. and myself mickey spagnola here on mix shots on a wednesday but there's no football players on the football field what's going on dude How's and that? practice is supposed to start right now mm. so i'm guessing they are indoors i would assume so it's, it's not chilly the out. weather, I don't think. It's not bad. It's, it's, what is it? Maybe in the forties now? No, no. It's up to. It's almost up to the up upper fifties. Fifties. And the wind is warm. The wind is warm. It's not a cold breeze at all. So you know what's going on, right? What's going on? We got secrets. <laughs> what does that mean? That means he doesn't want anybody watching practice that's not supposed oh, to be watching okay. practice. I got you. It's I playoffs. Nice. There you, you go. You gotta keep it all locked in that somewhere. Exactly you know? right, the, Savannah. The, the old school Redskins would come to town, and uh, we would go to, to Washington, and we had to buy out the entire side of the holiday. Wait. The yep. eight days in. Eight, it was the days the in. The days in hotel. Yeah. They, they bought out the entire really? side. The second floor because it opened up. <laughs> yeah. to the, Wait, yeah. they did this for for what reason? For Washington week. They didn't trust Because they didn't the trust The then Redskins. Yeah. Well, it was George Allen's fault, yeah. right? Yeah. George Allen, old school coach for the Redskins. After, we're saying Redskins because that's what they were at mm-hmm. the time. And... Uh, he was he he was a cheat. Let's just say what it was. <laughs> he was a cheat. And when it came to the Cowboys Redskins rivalry, I think both of them were cheating. I think we just didn't hear much about it on the Cowboys. On the side. other side, yeah. right? Text it and uh, trust them. So mm-hmm. you bought out the bought second out floor. the entire side, and yeah. then you would have uh, security uh, was walking yeah. back and forth uh, on the second floor, making sure no one tried to sneak up and video our practices. Not with any other team, just Washington. Just Washington. <laughs> <laughs> As if Philly was above board. Right, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the Cowboys are indoors practicing today. And uh, speaking of practice, Savannah, why don't we give a little Cowboys injury update? Let's Mm-mm. do it. We uh, were in the press conference earlier with Mike McCarthy, and obviously there's a few people that were in question for this week. Zach Martin, who was out with an illness against the Commanders, he mm-hmm. is back in the facility today. He is feeling better. He will be participating in practice today. He's improved, but I guess there are a couple staff members staff members Mm -hmm. who Mike quoted, they don't count out out with illness. Just keep them away. (laughs) He's deathly ill, but he's not playing. Yeah. Tyler Smith limited and Stephon Gilmore. He will rehab Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And the hope is to have him line up on Saturday Mm. and kind of see what he can do. Get him to the game. Uh, the best they can. And so uh, with the shoulder injury that he suffered, um, so he'll, yeah, continue rehabbing. And 
You just want him to be ready to play in the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's good news on Tyler that he's going to be limited. So he was somewhat limited last week and Mm -hmm. didn't play. So we'll see what he's able to do. But you know, the good thing about uh, him being limited and then last week. And then Zach on his normal schedule, not practicing and the, on the quad, Thursday. The quad is, is good. Right? On, on, on uh, Zach Martin. No, he was ill, remember? I know he was ill, but I'm still I was he had worried that about quad the thing quad. Going on. Yeah, they haven't, I, I haven't heard that, that come up. No. Okay. okay. Uh, and, and the good thing about that is that um, T.J. Bass and um, Brock Hoffman were able to practice almost fully mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when they had to play in the game, they were prepared, which is normally that doesn't happen, right? Those guys get a handful of snaps yeah. normally. Uh, you don't know what that's like because you probably never got any snaps off in practice, no, right? No, Tom didn't play that correct. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do that. So, so anyway, uh, I would imagine that uh, if Tyler's limited, then T.J. Bass will get a, a share of the snaps and – uh, Zach will get what he normally gets, but that's not a lot because mm-hmm. they don't want to wear him out. So uh, Brock Hoffman will get more, and you know. And then Hoffman also, by the way, um, if if Zach whatever Zach was getting, he would be getting backup snaps at center because right. he mm-hmm. is the backup center. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. he's both. <laughs> okay. Did so, not know that. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So anyway. That's kind of a injury update. I did notice that, um, if I can find it in all my scribbles here, the Packers have a couple things going on. Their leading receiver, Romeo Dobbs, uh, injured his chest in the mm. game uh, this past Sunday. Uh, he ended up going to the hospital, but he was released um, the mm. next day okay. or that night. So, And he's their leading receiver. He's their leading receiver. Um, and then he's got um, six, 64, no, I'm sorry, second leading receiver, uh, 59 catches for 674 yards, mm. eight touchdowns. Uh, so he's kind of the guy they go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Christian Watson, Bill's guy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> has missed the last five games with a hamstring. Okay. So his production, obviously, this year has gone down significantly. But if and you remember. Jordan Love is still playing well. Yeah. And if you remember last year, Watson had a big day against the oh. Cowboys in that 31-28 overtime victory. And running back A.J. Dillon has a – these two don't go together – a thumb and stinger. So I guess that's two separate things. Uh, He missed the the last game, and so did Isaiah McDuffie, uh, concussion, neck. Uh, So we'll see how those go when we get an injury report today. But from a health standpoint – you know, that's not too bad this mm-hmm. time of the season when um, the injuries do pile up, after, especially after 17 games and going for uh, 18 games. So uh, we'll see how this turns out. I also saw a, another little note. The NFLPA had their players vote for their all-pro team. Uh, very, okay. in, very, very interesting. Did you did you see that? No, I, I did not. What, okay. what were the results? So here's uh, the significant ones for the Cowboys. Uh, obviously, uh, Duran Bland was one of the two 
starting cornerbacks on their all-pro team. The other one was Patrick Sertain. Uh, obviously, CeeDee Lamb mm-hmm. was one of the wide receivers with Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. But I thought from a player vote, this one was most interesting. The starting guards, Tyler Smith and Zach Martin. Wow. So the, awesome. The players knew. Players knew what Tyler Smith was mm-hmm. doing uh, this year. Obviously, Brandon Aubrey was the kicker. Mm-hmm. So that's how the players kind of uh, voted on, uh, you know, what's happening uh, with this team. So um, thought we'd uh, talk a little. We, you know, we did it yesterday. I don't. I can't remember if it was what you were worried about going into this game. But uh, Mike McCarthy even mentioned it today uh, in his press conference when he was talking about, uh, you know, he said this is what it's all about, stopping the run, Mm -hmm. and it is every week. And (laughs) if you noticed uh, (laughs) – Especially come playoff time. Right. uh, The Packers have been running the ball pretty well these last three weeks. So that was one of his concerns. And I don't know. It was my concern. I don't know about you guys. Mine was uh, mine was penalties. That's right, yeah. and that that was something that uh, that really got me. Uh, we've been doing very well, if I'm not mistaken, the last three games, especially this last game. But you know, when you look at the caliber of play of who we're playing against, if you're not pressured that much, then you you won't get many penalties. Right. That's why uh, I I liked our uh, position with the. Um, Detroit game mm-hmm. because we didn't have a lot of penalties in that game, okay? And they, they had some, but we didn't have a lot that really hurt us that much. We kind of trended downward in that regard. So you can see it. Uh, there's an emphasis, emphasis there on not having as many penalties uh, from the Dallas Cowboys side. And you'll be glad to know that uh, we have some numbers to back up your perception. Okay. <laughs> so uh, in the victory over... Philadelphia, for what it's worth, they had seven. Well, let's go back one more. Are are we talking about the Cowboys penalties? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had nine against Seattle, seven against Philadelphia, (laughs) and then it went down in the last four games. uh, Even though two of them were losses, five for forty-eight in Buffalo, six for thirty-eight in Miami, five for thirty-four against. Detroit, and then this last game, only two for 20 yards. Very minimal. Very minimal. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. So that was one of the things uh, that got mentioned sort of in the walk-off, and uh, McCarthy was pretty happy about that. And you should be because you're talking about, you know, we've got enough issues right now trying to stop the run. I mean, we don't need anything to compound that. Right. And we haven't compounded on that so far. So that's a good thing. We deal with one problem at a time, okay? We we got the penalties. Now we're trying to work on stopping the run, and we're not having to deal with two problems at once. Uh, also, speaking of the run, he, he mentioned that uh, he thought Hankins did well in the game, although they regulated his snaps, okay. so they mm-hmm. didn't want to – uh, overdo it between him and and Mozzie, I assume. Yeah, um, I guess I could have looked that up, huh? As you guys talk amongst yourselves. Well, what are you thing, looking up? I was going to look up how, how many snaps he had in the game. Uh, uh, Hankins versus Mozzie. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I wanted to bring up was Micah Parsons, 
and I believe it's 48 now consecutive quarters without a holding call. Wow. <laughs> That's not and good. And this has been uh, people on Twitter have, that is been not good. have been reaching out about it. I mean, I see texts coming in with, with questions about it. And it's almost like, you know, that streak's lasting longer than Brandon Aubrey's did. That's not cool at all. No. No, that is not cool. You're talking about the, the number one pressure mm -hmm. defender. Uh, a rusher, the number one pressure rusher. He hadn't gotten any holding calls in 48 consecutive quarters. Come on, man, quarters. that's just ridiculous. That makes no sense at all. And no matter how much he fusses, it's almost like they close their ears and eyes to it. Because mm -hmm. I saw him in the other guy's face the other day, pleading with him. Hey, the guys are holding me, and I don't know what he's saying back to him. But it doesn't amount worth the crap if you ain't throwing flags. Right. And we're talking, yeah, <laughs> no holding calls. If you can believe that. That's crazy, man. Yeah. And it, it just it just continued. And by the way, um, it was pointed out, I think someone did when we on the walk-off, that the head referee would be Ron Tolbert for mm -hmm. this game. Okay. So if anybody wants to look up his history and how he I heard he that calls, they were kind of, uh, they were, ha were flag-happy. Uh, Tolbert's crew? Yeah, yeah. But see, now with, what happens is the, it's the all-star crews for okay. the playoffs. Okay. So they kind of get the best guys to do the other positions, mm -hmm. not totally his, his crew. crew. Right. Yeah. Right. But uh, I think there's a kind of a thinking in the NFL uh, that whoever the the guys that are helping the officials, mm -hmm. they follow the lead of the head referee. Yeah. So probably however he goes Right. through a season that's mm -hmm. probably what will influence uh his guys so we'll see if he can see uh penalties or you got to look right? up that history man you, we got to find out that history look at that crew and yeah, see how I many find out if they called crew. any uh, right. offensive holding calls mm -hmm. right goodness gracious well you know and we talked about yesterday the uh the influence of penalties especially if they're on your offense, we talked about how in the championship game, the college championship game, Washington, it seemed like every time they took two <laughs> steps forward, they ended up taking three steps back Absolutely. with a penalty. Well, that, number one, the pressure was about four or five steps yeah. into his backfield <laughs> as well. And every time he's throwing it, he never threw it comfortably off his back foot. Every time he's throwing the ball, like, hey, you know, he just kind of flipped it out there. Because someone was either in his face here, he's got to flip it under. Mm -hmm. uh, they're down here at his feet, he's flipping it over. So, no, I, I think they said his uh, Penix's stock may have dropped during the game. I thought it pretty much looked it was the same. You could just see that he was under duress the entire time. Right. And I was a bit impressed on how he was able to get the ball off. Really, when it comes down to not it. Not only that, but he was hurting out there. You could yes. tell he was in he was in pain they and he was like, I am staying in this game and I'm finishing I would not this have game. let him finish that game. Yeah. I would not have let him well, finish that, that game. Well, that might say something to who the back was. The right. backup was. Right. Plus, you know, Coburn. <laughs> we didn't evaluate can't back who up, he can't was. Be that <laughs> Quarterbacks are stubborn, right? They don't want to come out. Well, to finish on this, this running uh, the Cowboys have done a, a pretty good job over this last month. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at they they held Seattle, which likes to run the ball, to 72 yards rushing. Philadelphia 106, and that's you know when you add in what the quarterback's going to do, that's right. that's reasonable. 
the, the the problem down the stretch was Buffalo, where they gave up the two sixty six, mm-hmm. but they also ran it forty nine times. Right. Uh, so, but they averaged five point four. They held Miami to 91, Detroit to 125 on 31 carries, so that's just four yards a carry. Mm -hmm. And then in this last game, and I'm sure Washington wanted to do it, uh, 50 yards rushing, and they only ran the ball 17 times. Well, now, a lot of that was dictated by our offense. Right. Because we were pretty much moving the ball, and a lot of times it was in catch-up mode by the uh, opposition. Mm-hmm. So they could have been running the ball a little bit more because the game got a little bit wide open at that time. Miami's game didn't start off like that. It started off where Miami was in control. Right. Uh, but then once we start, saw that uh, we had to score and the game became a passing game, everybody abandoned the running game. Mm-hmm. And now you can say that in, in a couple of those games – uh, to figure out your your numbers. Thanks. I wanted to to look up, and I can do it when we come back from the break. But when in in the regular season game last year against Green Bay, I had this idea, you know, the one they won thirty one twenty eight, that they ran the ball pretty well against the Cowboys. And when we return on mix ups. Shots? Shots. Shots. <laughs> uh, hopefully I'll be able to find that for you here on DallasCowboys.com. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like... Well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Did you know that responding to one spam call can lead to more? Or that the IRS would never ask for your social security number on the phone? Beat scammers at their own game by subscribing to AARP Fraud Watch Network alerts and texts. At aarp.org slash beatscammersTX, you can sign up to receive information that helps you recognize and avoid the latest scams. That's aarp.org slash beatscammersTX. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Back, back to mixed shots. K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing, the official roofer of the Dallas Cowboys. Mickey, did you find what you were looking for? I did. Uh, So in the Packers' 31-28 overtime victory against the Cowboys, last year during the regular season, the Packers ran the ball 39 times for 207 yards. So I would imagine the Cowboys will be very focused on stopping the run. Mm-hmm. Every time we bring up failures of, for the, of the Cowboys in postseason, mm-hmm. the running game <laughs> seems to coincide with that. Anytime we give up a lot of yards running, it, it seems to be our doom and our downfall for the playoffs. So we got to make sure we understand that. So, uh, and Savannah brought this up on uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Mm-hmm. The, they're two running backs that we probably need to point out. Um, do you have their season stats there right in front of you? Right now I have Aaron Jones, so let me pull his uh, everything from the season. But in his last game against the Bears, um, he averaged um, five yards per carry. Mm. He had 111 rushing yards, 22 attempts, no rushing touchdowns. And overall this season... Let's see. 656 yards. Now, he was injured this year, wasn't he? I don't know if he played the entire season. Let me see. What you doing over there, Spags? I was getting ready to sneeze, (laughs) and and I think I knocked out my headset. But other than that. I don't know about injuries. It does say that he has played since September 10th, and that was when he was, you know, it was like a couple games, 18 yards, mm-hmm. 35 yards, 29. So hmm. he may have been they weren't not using in his well, they they used, using him. They used both guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. Aaron Jones ended up with 656 yards uh, rushing and A.J. Dillon 613 yards. But I thought what was significant uh, was that uh, in the last three games, uh, they've – uh, uh, Aaron Jones has run for 358 yards in the last three games and Dylan 169 yards in the last three games. So if you add that up, it looks like it's about uh, 427 yards between the mm-hmm. two of them. So they've run the ball pretty well uh, in the last three games. Uh, so you, you so, got you to look at their offensive line then. They must be clicking really well together, and probably these are better games than that they what needed. it was previously. Yes. Uh, so in the last three games, and it was against Carolina, they the team ran for 162 against Minnesota 177, and against the Bears 124. So and, and during that time, Jordan Love has been playing some of his best football. Yeah. So and and he's played better too, and probably coincides with. Uh, what's been going on out there. So, yeah, uh, that's one of the things the Cowboys definitely have to uh, concentrate on. 
because as we know, the last two times they were eliminated in the playoffs by um, San Francisco. San Francisco ran for a hundred more than a hundred yards in both of those games, and then if we go back to 2018 when they got beat by the Rams, yeah. Uh, oh wow! I think that it, was it's like it sticks in my mind. <laughs> that, that was, was two hundred and seventy-three. <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, by, by a guy that we didn't came even off know. the bench, right? <laughs> came off the couch, not the bench, <laughs> the couch, couch, right? So yeah, being able to stop the run is going to be vital uh, in this game, and that normally happens. You know, when you're on the road. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to run the ball, even though it's indoors. You got to take the crowd out of the game. Right, yeah, right. exactly. Um, and that was another topic that came up today, the home crowd. Uh, I see you guys want a whiteout. Is that what I heard? We are doing a whiteout. <laughs> Wear white. We're going to have white towels on all of the seats for everybody. And mm. We're bringing the energy. Mm. Cowboys fans, bring the energy. Hopefully that they, was, that, that, it was, they brought a lot of energy to the last game. That was nice. It was mm-hmm. exciting, too, for that game. That was Detroit game just a hope lot that, of energy. Oh yeah, a lot I, of energy. I just hope that green doesn't like really show up with all the white out there, because you know those, the big the big cheese block. As I keep pads. saying, those yeah. people move down here. Right? Oh yeah, they're gonna be here. They're they're gonna be they're gonna represent very well. And they they have a proud tradition in Green Bay. So, let me ask you: Did does does the home crowd do anything for you when it you're in, at the game? It does. It, it well, first of all, it, it affects the communication by the uh, opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it affects their communication big time. And it's just human nature. You know, people ask me a question. You've asked me the question about, you know, playing away from home versus mm-hmm. versus on the road. First of all, you love to kick somebody's ass in, at their place. That's always a, a nice little present. But at the same time, when you go there, you better be ready mm-hmm. because they are going to bring everything. First of all, you know, people talking bad about you. You can hear them talking bad about you in the stands. You can hear them when you come out. You can you can tell that those uh, cheers are not for you. <laughs> you know, you can try to fool yourself. Right. Oh, yeah, they're cheering for me. No, you can't even fool yourself in that regard. You know whose side the fans are on. And if you're weak enough, they'll get to you. If you're weak enough, they'll get to you. As a team, if you're weak enough, then they will break you down. Mm-hmm. That's why I always, I always wanted this team to... Not be front runners. I want them to be able to go win whatever they need to win. That's the way it was back in the 80s with the Cowboys. That's the way it was in the 90s when I was with the Giants. I know that feeling. And you know when you step into the stadium if it's going to affect you or not. You can tell sometimes when the Cowboys step into a hostile environment right. that they are affected by it. Right. You can also tell when the op- opponents come into AT&T Stadium that they are affected by it. Especially... I would imagine offensively, right, with yes. the snap count and trying to make play calls at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to affect everything. It seems to affect the, the, the play calls by the referee. It seems like the referees are affected by home field. They, they are. They're just human. Basketball, mm-hmm. football, it doesn't matter. Especially basketball. Yeah, especially basketball. So well, they're right you know there. It? They're right there. Like, did you notice come on, it? Ralph, what are you doing? Did you notice it when you were playing basketball? What do you mean? The the crowd. If you were at a, a, an away game. No, no, not not basketball. Basketball is a different sport. It's not so physical. Yeah. You know, when you're talking football, you got the crowd, then you got somebody trying to knock your head off. That's a whole different story. In basketball, it's basketball. What you gonna do? You foul me? Okay. I could, my jump is still pretty. 
My jump is still butter. So playing playing junior high basketball, uh, I think the only time I, re- I realized the crowd was there when I was sitting uh, wherever you sit to check mm-hmm. into the game, mm-hmm. and somebody stuck a pin <laughs> in my shorts from behind. Wow. Stop. Yes. Well, see, they would only pick on you, yeah. like Bags, because right. they know you won't be. Little guy was going to go right. in there, and they figured, <laughs> oh, this guy's got a lot oh, of energy. One of, your brothers, <laughs> one of the brothers would turn around and have some action. Yeah. You might not. Well, they knew were, who to do like There that. were a lot of brothers in the yeah, crowd they, by the way, <laughs> where we were playing. But that was the one time I, 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 I said, oh, this is serious, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when we played adult hockey and we played our charity challenge game, the one game that we played at the AAC, I was telling Savannah about it, and there was 13,000 people there for charity. Right? Wow. And when That's you're, impressive. When you're on the ice <laughs> skating, oh, yeah. That's impressive. the only time I could hear the crowd is like anticipating something good was going to happen. Right, right. Like it's about to go in the like, goal. Right, you yeah. better hurry up yeah. something's getting, you know. Yeah. But that was the only time. But, yeah, I was just wondering uh, – because I didn't play enough. But money. you can tell that it affects the Cowboys. You can tell it affects other teams because we are we we are extremely aggressive mm-hmm. at home, and we don't show that aggression. As I'm talking defensively on the road. Right. We are extremely aggressive at home. I mean, Jordan Lewis making the play he made. Donovan Wilson. Yeah. Playing his butt off. Oh, yeah. At home. Those are the kind of things we need. That same anticipation. That same positivity. Because when you're on the road. You're more mentally, you're more pessimistic. When you're at home, the optimism just reigns from everywhere. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. When you're on the road, there's, there's, you have to create your optimism. That means you have to make a play, even when you, you know, everyone's against you. It takes a tough mentality. So maybe that's why they played so well in Washington this past Sunday, because it was a home so crowd. Many a home crowd. They right? can feel it. We yeah. could hear it. We could hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so again. Um, well, I didn't ask you. Did you ever play <laughs> sports that you were in front of a crowd? Perform? Did you play sports? I did. I played soccer. Oh, okay. I played right soccer. On. I don't like running now because of it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never so asked I won't run. Um, but and also I did because um, obviously I'm from San Diego. Surfing. Oh yes. Yes, would yeah. go out in the morning. Go so surf. there would be great. no crowd there. So no sharing. no crowd on the beach really. Yeah, that was more so of a cool. peaceful type of thing. Surfing but soccer, so cool. soccer. Yes, you obviously have have the crowd. But we had a really really great. Um, home stadium mm-hmm. and our crowd support was next level just nice. our home team but no wait a minute you said stadium this was high school mm-hmm. you had a high school well, like huge yeah pretty big facility out there this in is california, california man it's california man yeah <laughs> this is a big big old public school yeah, this very nice Texas place soccer no, this is California. I didn't soccer. know anything about soccer till I got to college because St. Louis was a big soccer hub, mm-hmm. uh, and St. Louis U, great soccer teams, oh, right? Okay. But the high schools all played soccer, and I got to we. You know what? I don't think I ever played soccer. I don't even know if we ever had a soccer ball, <laughs> right? The only soccer we would have done is in the street and kick Ber- Ber- yeah. kicked. Yeah, if I'm ball. not mistaken, Bergner High School was good at soccer back in the. The 70s and 80s. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so when, when we were in college, the intramural soccer was a pretty high level because all those kids from St. Louis oh, yeah. knew how to play, right? 
And then I ended up doing, uh, I was officiating intramurals. And when we got to soccer, and they knew I didn't know that, but it's like yeah, you just called the lines on the outside. <laughs> who got the ball? Who gets the ball after it goes out of bounds? The only soccer I played was my mom was, uh, she was at this this camp, and she, I guess she was a camp mother or whatever. So she, I needed a job for the summer. So then they hired me to hang out with the kids. And so soccer was one of our activities so we could waste time. Yeah. You know, have nothing else to do before lunch. I remember beating up on the kids. I don't know what got into me. I got a little too. Uh, <laughs> I got a little too <laughs> a little aggressive. A little aggressive, man. We you got started, into started it. Getting into the kids, they started kicking me. They started, started kicking the ball. They were kicking me. So yeah, I was not a good camp. Whatever. <laughs> I wasn't a good camp worker at all. All right. And you know what? When you listen to mixed shots, you get soccer talk too, by the way. And yeah. we'll return with a little bit more on these Green Bay Packers and the Cowboys in the playoffs that they've met this coming time for the ninth time in the playoffs wow. here on Mix Shots. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Cowboys football and Miller Lite. What a pairing. Can cracks a kickoff. Tailgates going way past postgame. Sunday night overtimes followed by Monday morning swagger. Brisket in the smoker. Miller Lite in the cooler. America's team playing America's greatest sport. Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys football tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Did you know that responding to one spam call can lead to more? Or that the IRS would never ask for your social security number on the phone? Beat scammers at their own game by subscribing to AARP Fraud Watch Network alerts and texts. At aarp.org slash beatscammerstx, you can sign up to receive information that helps you recognize and avoid the latest scams. That's aarp.org slash beatscammerstx. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. To mixed shots. 
You know the drill, Cowboys Nation. White out AT&T Stadium this weekend. Show up for our boys as they take on the Green Bay Packers in the 2023 NFL wildcard round in an all-white game day outfit. Head to a pro shop near you or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com, a fanatics experience to find your whiteout gear. Mm, very nice. All right. Continue on this Green Bay Packer uh, subject. Uh, this will be the ninth time the Cowboys have played the Packers in the playoffs. Guess what the overall record is for the two teams? Tell us. Four and four. There you go. Four and four. <laughs> oh I got gosh. it right. Thank you, teacher. And that started with the Cowboys losing the first two meetings mm -hmm. in the NFC title games in 1966 at the Cotton Bowl in 1967 uh, at the Ice Bowl or in Green Bay mm -hmm. at Lambeau mm -hmm. Field. Uh, the, the Packers, and then they met four times and consecutively, and the Cow no, three times consecutively, and the one time when Everson was playing in 82, right, mm -hmm. the tournament? That's right. So the Cowboys beat them four times in a row, and then the Packers have won the last two meetings for four and four. But how's this for streaks? Um, since uh, November 15th of 2009, the Packers have won nine of the last meetings with the Cowboys, and that includes the two playoff games. Jeez. But prior to that, to show you how uh, unbalanced this whole thing was, uh, Dallas won... 11 of 13 meetings against the Packers from 1991 through 2008 and eight straight from 91 to 96. The Packers got very uh, tired of having to play yes, the Cowboys did. in the playoffs yes, in the 90s. Uh, and they would play here. And they played always here. Why would you always got to play there? <laughs> And then, then they finally, <laughs> that streak of home games against the Packers was broken in 1997 mm -hmm. when the Cowboys went there and got clobbered. Mm -hmm. uh, and I believe they were 6-5 and five at that point, and they did not win another game, leading to Barry Switzer getting fired. So the down, it was a downhill run there, and they got clobbered in that game at Lambeau, and it was so cold. I remember that. Not ice bowl cold, but so cold, cold enough. Cold enough. Cold enough. Right? So uh, at least, though, it's kind of even, mm -hmm. uh, and this will be the ninth playoff game against these two teams. So uh, ever since yesterday, I was telling Mickey, one of my very good family friends growing up from Carlsbad, California, he was a wide receiver for the Packers um, when they won the Super Bowl here with Mike McCarthy in the 2010-11 season. Yes. His name's Brett Swain. So I texted him yesterday. I said, can't believe we're playing the Pack this weekend in Dallas. And he said, two world-class organizations ran by great people. Cowboys might have this in the bag. Mm -hmm. So It's hard for him to say that. It's hard for him to say that with a Super Bowl that. ring, but... <laughs> You know, it's it's great to see, but I posed this question yesterday to you guys. Playoff games, which playoff game stands out in your mind? Just one that is like, that is the one that I always think about when I'm thinking about the playoffs. Any Anyone that was just... Very mine apparent. Is, mine is a negative. Let's yeah. start here. How many? How many? Three? 
playoff game four what playoff games in your career with the cowboys uh with the cowboys uh yeah 81 82 83 85 right yes yes okay Mm -hmm. uh i wasn't in this game no this is just as a fan okay this way no i just remember i thought that this was going to be romo's year to go to the super bowl Uh, they had everything on lockdown they had such a good team, good running game and everything. It was when they lost to the New York Giants. 2007 yeah, season. 13-3, right? Yes. And all I remember. And I a know, first round bye, by the yes, way. Yes, yes. And it ended up being not the Cowboys year. It ended up being the Giants year. You know, because then they mm-hmm. went from Dallas and then they went to beat um, uh, Green Bay, in Green Bay, Brett Favre. I just remember sitting on the couch, and my my best friend was like, Brett Favre is going to throw an interception. They're going to lose this game. And sure enough, right after it came out of his mouth, Brett did what Brett does. At the end, right? Yeah, right at the end. (laughs) Because they were driving. They were driving, and he throws out this. He just threw it out there. That was so crazy. But before that, I always remember Patrick Creighton. I mean, I love Creighton. He was a hell of a player. But when he missed that ball, uh, quick slant, going across the middle. Uh, a lot Tyreek Hill, you know, running too fast for for his hands, and it slipped through his hands. That would have been a touchdown. Yes. And that would have iced the game. I believe that would have iced the game if he would have scored that. I really felt bad for, for Cowboy fans at that time because I wasn't all the way sold back in after retiring and things of that nature. But my, my, my family was. And, boy, that hurt everybody in the house. So I remember that play. And I can't remember if Troy Aikman was doing the game or if he had just uh, mentioned this uh, about that play to Creighton. He goes, he catches that ball, he's going to hit his head on the crossbar. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it was, it, was, it was wide open. There was no one there. And I don't know if I, – I keep trying to, you know, you want to give, give a guy some grace. And mm-hmm. Maybe threw it too hard or whatever. Perfect pass. Yeah. And, he, and he caught – he was our Mr. Reliable. Right. He was our Mr. Reliable on third downs all year long from the slot. And that was his moment. That and, was the moment. And the other part of that game, um, Terrell Owens played with a high ankle sprain, and he was not Terrell Owens. Well, that's why we needed Creighton. Creighton. That's why we right. needed him. And we, we leaned on him more so that game than, than any other Remember game. they tried to just run, run, run yeah. in the first half, mm-hmm. and they ran for 100 yards the first half, but yeah. they only scored 14 points. Right. Um, and they just got away from what they were good at, meaning throwing the football. But then Owens just—he—he he was just a shadow of himself in that game. You have to give uh, the Giants credit in that game. They had a very good defense that kind of yes. kept Eli and the Giants in every game. And they were that kind of like what we have now, but a little bit better bend, but don't break. They weren't dominating. No. But they made the plays they needed to make make at the time. The and other, they got a little luck. The other thing I remember about it um, was that that second half, they decided that uh, Tony Romo could beat him by, them, by himself. Mm-hmm. And they decided, okay, we're going to put pressure on him. But they did it with their front four. Right. They did it and with their And that's why they four. were good. That front four was yeah. good. That was a straight hand, right? Yeah. Uh, God, they had a, a couple of other really solid players in there that were doing this all year long. Mm-hmm. So it was a team that was very unique and was put together very well. And I think they that's the only team that they favor over the 1990 Giants team that I was on. That team from from that year, that's one of the favorite Giants uh, organizations, favorite 
teams that the Giants had in the organization. So I realized when I was thinking about games, uh, and I mentioned that they've played the Packers uh, eight times, um, I saw the first two times on television because at the time mm-hmm. um, I, I grew up in Chicago, but I was not a Bears fan. I was a Packers fan, right? So I watched those two games intensely. And really the only um, other games they played in the playoffs against the Packers, I would have missed the 82 one. I don't know what I was doing, but I didn't watch it on TV. It wasn't a priority. Uh, but everyone after that uh, I've seen. But the 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 first two um, with the Packers looking like they're getting ready to lose on the last play of each of those games, mm-hmm. uh, the Ice Bowl, I can remember sitting there. And when Bart Starr That's came right, out. That's right, you are old. I am. I forgot how old you are. I was are. watching yeah. it. I can tell you exactly where I was sitting. <laughs> Sitting there watching it, my father, and it's 17-14, and they got the ball on the one-yard line, the Packers do, and there's 16 seconds left to go. They do not have a timeout, and I'm sitting there going, okay, it's really hard to throw the ball. If they run and don't score, Mm -hmm. they're going to lose. you got to kick the field goal, right? I'm telling my dad, you got to kick the field Mm -hmm. goal. So I was a teenager, early teenage years. And uh, and I'm sitting there going, oh, no, they're going (laughs) to snap the ball and run it. And and it was like, ah, and then they scored, right? With, uh, I think there was, uh, well, the the play took like two seconds or whatever was left in the uh, game, but it was minus 13. That's why they mm-hmm. called it the ice ball, and I was reading up on it. And by the time they got to 16 seconds left, uh, and it was inside the one, mm-hmm. it was minus 18, Damn. by the way. Uh, and the two previous plays to that, they didn't get a yard. They didn't move it. Uh, and uh, and so they score on basically what was going to – because if they don't score, the game's over, Yeah. right? Right. Uh, the Cowboys win. And to this day, and I remember one of the last interviews I did with Tech Schramm uh, when he was retiring from the Cowboys, we were talking about different things, and, and I brought up the ice ball, and he goes, with his real gruff voice that he'd talk with, he goes, well, that was like the dumbest call I've ever seen in football going for the touchdown. you got to kick the ball, get a field goal, and go into overtime, right? He was still butthurt by that play, right? Uh, it was uh, pretty and that's, amazing. They're still, they're still uh, trying to take credit for who made the block. Right. You tell me, since you're the fan, who made the block? Was it Kramer? Or it was another. Who was the other guy? It was an well, argument. I, I, I thought it was. I mean, Ken Bowman was the center. I thought he made one of the key blocks mm-hmm. uh, in there. But Kramer got the credit, or yeah. he took the credit. Yeah, right? he took the credit uh, to to opening the hole. It was a quarterback sneak yeah. by Bart Starr. They they go into their graves with this, Savannah. Yeah, I made I'm the block. The, no, you made. Go. I made the block. No, I made the block. I'm gonna look up the highlights for this game, the Ice Bowl. And I'll guarantee you, no one expected Bart Starr to run with. The ball. No. But they couldn't get any footing because it was frozen. It was ice. The field That's was right. frozen, so it was easier for uh, the quarterback just to lunge forward after he got the snap. Uh, the other game uh, would have been the 1994 season NFC title game at San Francisco. The Cowboys got beat 38-28. Mm. Uh, another rainy, misty, soggy field. And what impressed me 
the most. So they're two-time Super Bowl champs, right, 92-93. 94, uh, San Francisco had home field advantage. The Cowboys finished 12-4. and They finished 13-3. and And the first basically three times the Cowboys had the ball, Troy Aikman on the third play of the game gets intercepted, returned for a touchdown. On the next possession, on the third play of the possession, Michael Irvin catches a pass, he gets hit, they fumble, San Francisco recovers it and scores a a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And then on the ensuing (laughs) kickoff, Kevin Williams returns it like 22 yards, fumbles, and sets up their third touchdown. You think that haunts them to today, yeah. That keeps them up at night still. Six minutes gone in the game, it's 21 to nothing already, right? And they fought back, fought back, got it to 38-28, and they're driving inside. They're about the 43-yard line. They're driving inside San Francisco territory, and Troy throws a honey of a pass to Michael Irvin. Dion comes over the top and chops Michael's hand arms out. No interference call. It's going to be a catch. And he's going to be inside the five-yard line. And I guarantee you, had they scored that touchdown and got it to within three, they stopped San Francisco on the next possession, and they couldn't deal with the Cowboys' offense uh, in that game. That is the only time I have ever seen Deion Sanders look beaten. Right? The only time I've ever seen him look beaten in his career. And that's when you knew that Michael Irvin was a savage Mm -hmm. because he wore him out the entire game because as they're coming back, Mike's the the target. Oh, yeah. He's the target every time. It's like CD. Of course. And and they've had Dion on him the entire game. The second half because what they did the first half, half, what they did was they thought they could single Elvin Harper with with Dion, Mm -hmm. take him out of the game, and double Michael, and it wasn't working. Yeah. So they said, okay, Dion, you got to cover Michael, and that wasn't working. Aikman ended up throwing for 380 yards. Steve Young, 155, right? I mean, all the statistics were in the Cowboys' favor, uh, but after the, getting behind 21 nothing, mm-hmm. I remember going down to the field. Uh, there was a, like a couple minutes to go. The Cowboys were out of timeouts. They, they were beaten. Emmett, I think, was out of the game. He had a hamstring. Larry Allen couldn't go. They they had to put a backup in for him. It was like, you know, Washington crossing the Delaware, you know. (laughs) But they were still, to the last second, throwing the ball, trying to catch up when they were 10 points down, right? And I thought it was the most valiant thing I'd ever seen. And it taught me a lesson about the heart of a champion Mm -hmm. because they weren't going to give in. Mm -hmm. And to this day, uh, Troy did a recent interview I was reading. They quoted him. He he said, it's the game I'm most proud of because they didn't quit. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just sitting in the end zone, I remember getting chills watching this like, my God, this thing's over with. But it's muddy. Everybody's beat up. And they're still trying when all was lost mm-hmm. so that one will uh always uh, stick in my mind uh losses can be redeeming right yeah they I can. Mean, uh and, and and so then they returned the next year and spanked that booty and won the super bowl mm-hmm. so beat the packers that year by the way in the nfc title game 
maybe we should leave on that note. Trip down Let's memory do it. lane. Good question, like Savannah. It. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, absolutely. For Savannah Everson, Mickey Spagnola here, and that was Mick Shots here on DallasCowboys.com. Go Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!